good evening, everyone. This is Kevin Finkel. Welcome to the 22nd episode of Magic the Final Frontier. As always on this podcast, we'll be discussing the Frontier format, keeping our listeners up to date with what is new, powerful, and interesting in the world of Frontier. And I'm Kevin Handlin, and I'm the former host of the Untap Open Ooh. League and a grinder of Frontier. Yep, uh, we were missing Matt today, so it'll just be the two of us. We figure this is a good episode to do a little bit of housekeeping. Some people are uh, busy with Easter break and those kind of things. So we're kind of going to go over some of the current events and upcoming events that we've sort of missed talking about while we had so much other content we were focusing on. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So kind of uh, upcoming events and some previous big events that have gone on, including many of the online tournaments, which have kind of been wrapping up. Do you want to start with the uh, with those right now? Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so you uh, you mentioned the Untap Open League. Do you want to start off right with that? That is, we still no, we got a winner on that, didn't we? We did. I forgot. Yes, uh, Eldrazi. So Eldrazi won over Abzan oh, in the finals. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, Clayton always wins. So <laughs> it's ridiculous how many wins that guy rakes in. Oh, he's been doing good. Yeah. So yeah. um, this is another version. I-, I like this version of his Eldrazi deck quite a bit more. It's the slower version. It's a lot of black removal spells. It's the bigger Eldrazi, it's not like the one drops and the equipment and stuff. It's more of like yeah. Reality Smasher and Thought Knots here. I really like how he has grown his mana base into a weapon in its own right because of how much utility he gets out of like the mirror pools and the endless sands and things like that. It's it's really a spectacle to watch. You're kind of like keeping an eye on this inevitability of like, well, if the game goes long, his opponent doesn't get a hand anymore because he gets to start making copies of, of the thought not here and like that. So, yeah, yeah, thought not here in the draw step is pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's really impressive. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, I I totally get why like his whole team is kind of hyped about it because it's quite <laughs> the impressive list and. I think it might be the de facto Eldrazi list in our format. Like, I haven't seen one do nearly this well, so... Yeah, I think so. I think that people are actually paying some attention to it now. People are planning for it when they're building their own decks, which I'll mention when uh, in another segment a little bit now. <laughs> um, uh, what else was in that top eight? So I know we had two Abzan lists. We had Mardu Vehicles, Bent Humans. Mm-hmm. What else am I missing? I think there was a control deck, right? There was, yeah, so Matt McTavish played blue-black control. And I think, um, <clears throat> I was going to say, I think Mussy played a blue-black control as well, right? Yeah, I can't remember if Mussy made the top cut. Yeah, he was in top eight. Okay. And I think, I think, did, uh, did, did our Sahili blacklist make top cut as well? Uh, not in that league, I don't believe. Okay, yeah, that was just X-Mage. Sorry, uh, yeah. Cockatrice? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I think actually both of those. <laughs> yeah, um, I should know more as the former host of the Untap Open League, but um, leadership's kind of been transitioning, and so my eye's been on a lot of conversation about like rules changes and stuff like that, and there was just a lot of drama, so that's why no. I... That's, that's why that's I ended fine. up bowing out of that, you know? It wasn't it wasn't something for me, so... All right, I do want to talk about those other two online leagues. I wanted to mention, though, there's been a couple of <clears throat> medium-sized of the Haruya trials lately. Um, I had a... Kind of in the 20, 20-something people range. Yeah. Um, 
I think the most recent one was on the March, I think it was March 11th. Yeah, March 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one was won by a Jundalist, kind of a more aggressive Jundalirium list. It wasn't one of the Emerald Jundalirium. <laughs> yeah, it was more of a Grim Flare list. Yeah, pretty much Grim Flare yeah. is the, like, this is an offensive deck. Right. Which is cool. Um, there's definitely multiple angles you can take to Jund. We've talked about it a lot in this uh, in, in this podcast, is that mm-hmm. Jund is actually surprisingly great in our format. <laughs> and maybe, it is. I mean, Colgan's Command, Liliana. Right, Colgan's Command and Liliana like combined are just really, 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 really good. Um, and, I mean, no deck's going to utilize its graveyard as well. Ishkana's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, like, you get multiple answers to all the archetypes. Like, you can run main board of braids, and those handle multiple different archetypes. It's, yeah, it's I think one of the coolest things from... Sorry, let me get the player's name here. Uh, Mishina Ryuta, his list, uh, is that he was running four main deck duress, which is a a bit of a twist. We've kind of talked about whether or not that's something we feel comfortable main decking. And that's probably, you know, a good way to turn on his Grim Flayers. I think that it's totally valid in this particular metagame. We'll talk about it when we respond to um, a question that you have planned for the episode. Um, But I think the only reason not to run mainboard duress is white weenie. Mm. Um, Because it's it's the only deck that you'll often find yourself not having a target in your opponent's hand with, and so... You you trade a card for nothing. Um, yeah, the the other one I might think of is the banned humans list, just because it's rare, especially a little bit later into the game, that they have a card in their hand and they can't just play it right away if you try to get rid of it. Right. Yeah. Totally. The instants and you know non creature spells are very sparse in that deck because mm-hmm. it needs to have critical mass of creatures and critical mass of humans in order to. Um, actually function efficiently be able to effectively use Thalia's Lieutenant and to be able to kind of squat up so yep so uh, that was the 11th there was also in the top 8 there was an Abzan Jeskai Fires and a Rally deck which I think is interesting that Rally's kind of a little bit coming back over there we'll have to keep an eye on that I know I've certainly been watching what uh, people in my meta play if they're still keeping their enough graveyard hate in their decks yeah, it looks like the, the metagame's kind of slowing down, which I like a lot. Um, yeah, it's also nice to see things like Abzan again, which I think we're missing for a while from uh, from Haruyuga. Yeah, most definitely. And especially considering that um, like Japan and Haruyuga in particular um, really pushed Abzan into the uh, Battle for Zendikar standard, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it's, it's good to see Abzan it. Yeah, I know you've mentioned that. When it was in time and standard, there was a lot of people from Japan that really pushed those decks. Yeah, for sure. It was that and Dark Chess Guy. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, 218 was the other one that I wanted to mention was another 20-something people tournament. Um, That one, the winner was a four-color control, which I, again, kind of want to bring up. Like, we haven't seen so much of the four-color control. I don't think I've tried it myself in a while, despite having tried Grixis, trying Esper, trying Blue-Black on its own. What do you think um, about? Yeah, so I consider I consider my teammate um, awesome, Mister J. Hmm. Uh, I, I consider his list more of a um, dark Jeskai list, or four color control as they call it here. Um, Was that the Sahili one? 
Yeah, so it runs Sahili as a possible win con, but <laughs> there are so many of those because it has Scarab Gods and everything like that. I think it... I... I wouldn't be caught dead playing one because <laughs> I I think the mana is really awkward. And personally, I don't like having lands that unconditionally enter tapped. Hmm. Um, and almost all of these Dark Jeskai lists that we see run some number of Nomad Outpost or um, Mystic Monastery or something like that. Basically, a, Sometimes uh, even one of both, yeah. Yeah, so some number of Cons of Tarkir try lands and... I find those to be really frustrating lands in general just because I prefer a mana base that um, rewards you for um, sequencing your land drops correctly Mm -hmm. and rewards that by allowing you to play on curve with a lot of colors of mana, right? So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, It would be a really frustrating deck to play. I think it's cool to see it, and I think it's an awesome deck. And, like, I I think that it gives up a lot of mana consistency for incredibly powerful spells and there are a lot of different angles that you can take to it um yeah it's a cool deck yeah okay so the rest of the top four included a marvel deck there was a rally deck and there was also an esper control deck which they called it a four color control deck but it just had like one red source and a copy of nickel bolas yeah yeah right so yeah, um, both of these, something to note is that both of these trials had pretty slow decks up at the top. Like we're not seeing any Atarka Red or anything like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely a faster I, turn of the meta. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we've been talking for a long time about how the meta in Japan is so fast and dismissive of a lot of different archetypes. So it's good to see that kind of take off. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Jeskai list, or there were some abs in kind of the top eight, but yeah, um, definitely some some slower decks there. It's pretty cool. <clears throat> All right, so um, let's go on and talk about those two online leagues that we also have. I think both in their finals right now. One of them is the Cockatrice League in finals with a Sahili Black deck, which you were just talking about, and Ramanup Red, or a Shrapnel Red deck, is its opponent. Uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. So this has been like a really interesting top eight to be a part of, honestly. Like I made it into semifinals in this league, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was. Uh, it's just like such an awesome spread. Like it's it's almost like a metagame snapshot. The only thing that's really missing is like I don't know, maybe Junt Delirium and Marvel. Like, yes, which... I, I I've thought the same thing about this. I think that this is so great. How. It's the perfect like little snapshot of the meta. So, so the rest of the top eight, there was a, this Abzan list. There was an Abzan list. There was a blue-white humans list. There was a bent humans company list. Grixis control, blue-black control, this Ramanup red, this Sahili black, and Amardu vehicles. Yeah. And something to note is that um, Mars Goad, the guy who's playing the Mardu vehicles list, mm-hmm. I mean, we were both on his testing team. He spent hundreds of hours tuning this list and there were a lot of considerations that he put into it and to have taken it into top cut in two leagues is really impressive yeah definitely um and yeah i'm just i'm really proud of him and i I think it i think it's honestly like 
one of the more impressive vehicles lists that I've seen. And we've seen a number of them in our format mm-hmm. at this point. Um, so, yeah, really impressive. Yeah, I think so. Anything else you want to say about the Cacatrice League? Yeah. Um, I Yeah, no. There's not. All right, I'm going to move on. Uh, so the X-Mage League, why don't we talk real quick about that? That one we just did a top four for. It looks like the finals are going to be Elves versus Marvel. Which is cool. Um, it's a really small <clears throat> league, right? Yeah, that one's a little bit smaller. So, we so only, that's why they only had a top four. I think the other two in the top four were a four-color Sahili and a that Black Eldrazi deck. Yeah, so once again, Clayton rearing his head. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for so did the four color Sahili list is it blacklist or is it? Oh, uh, that one um, was green. That one was actually me. That was uh, that was with um sawtooth or the what is it, swordtooth. How's that one been? Why don't you tell me about your experience with that list? Pretty good. I like that a lot. I think that a lot of people were testing that uh, what what is what's the full name of it? I always mix mix it up as like sword wayward sword wayward sword tooth. That's the one. But you call it like sawsbuck. Wish <laughs> yeah, something like, like that. Um, yeah. So, with those decks, really the problem with them is that if you're, you know, building this big board, you're dumping your hand full of things, and then you just get swept up. That's really bad. So, really, I was looking at what can I do with a lot of mana, with a little bit of ramp, with some other good enter the battlefield creatures that isn't weak to a sweeper. And the answer to that is definitely Sahili for me. So. It is more green and white based. It's kind of a green white mid range, but then it's just got that little bit of red splash, little bit of blue splash, and oath of, uh, oath of Nissa, making it pretty oath easy of Nissa to play. Is really uh, good. Yeah. Yeah, making it easy enough to play Sahili in it as a nice combo finisher. I think something that really impresses me about Wayward Swordtooth, as someone who's also tested it a lot, is how much of your deck you get to go through when you're playing multiple lands a turn. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's awesome to hear that it's been kind of like a splash on the green, white mid range. And that was something that you and I kind of like kicked around a lot. And Matt's been talking about it a lot too. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's really scary to go up again. Like one of the, one of the, um, scariest things about the four color Sahili list without black in it is how it can ramp into like the turn five combo, Sometimes turn four on the back of, like, Chandra. turn three, actually. You can go Elvish Mystic, Sawtooth, and then play a third land, play two lands the next turn, and you're at six mana. I'm saying uh, pre-Wayward Swordtooth. Oh, okay, yeah. But yeah, even earlier with Wayward Swordtooth, which is is just super (laughs) impressive. And, like, as a linear combo deck, that's kind of something you want, is to be able to beat, like, the faster decks. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so that's kind of some of the tournaments we've missed talking about while we were discussing other things on our show. So now we want to talk about some things coming up soon. So pretty much all of these things, same thing, we've got uh, big things going on. So how are you, ya? God of Frontier is scheduled. The next one is going to be on the 8th. So that is, is that a Sunday? Uh, the 8th yes, is yes, that is a Sunday. Sunday. Okay, mm-hmm. so Sunday, April 8th is when the next God of Frontier is. And they're having Frontier Trials, I think, the next two weekends. So if you're in, if we got any good listeners out in uh, Tokyo, now's your chance. Go play some Frontier. 
best time you can. There's going to be some big prizes for that tournament, and uh, yeah, we're excited sure. to see what lists come out of that. The God of Frontier tournaments are really big. Um, we kind of missed uh, the normal turnout that we get at them because mm-hmm. the, the last one was in conflict with a Grand Prix, if memory serves me right. I believe that's right, yeah. Yeah, um, so... This one should once again be, you know, upwards of 100, probably 70 to 80 is what I'm expecting in terms of turnout. And that'll mean the the prize payout's pretty awesome. So, All right, and then a little closer to home, we've got on the uh, Untapped, they're going to be hosting an open, quote-unquote, on the 7th of April, which is going to hopefully draw a decent crowd, be able to get some uh, competitive magic all in one day out instead of having to run these leagues over multiple weeks. Yeah, most definitely. It's it's nice because you can do a lot of testing and kind of get a good idea of whether you can get a deep run with a list without having to commit mm-hmm. to, you know, okay, well, I'm stuck with this for six weeks. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited about these. Um, we've been kind of kicking around the idea for a while. And, yeah, so registration is going to be open until the 6th. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, feel free to feel free to drop in a, a submission to our Google form. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll drop a link for that. I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so uh, I was gonna bring up is I was gonna ask, hey, what were you going to play for this? Because uh, we we originally planned to run it this coming weekend with Easter. We've pushed it off, which I think was a good idea. But uh, I, I was planning originally that I'd be able to talk about it on the show, and then by the time it actually happens. We'll have already had it <laughs> by the time the show drops. Um, instead, we're going to have to, well, we can have the conversation anyways. Is What do you think we you're going to bring the conversation. Right Yeah. Um, I've really been enjoying Path of Metal decks. I don't, mm. under, I, I don't know if the right build is Jeskai or Naya at this point. You are a bold if, man because it takes so much work to try and get those to work. I, I still haven't gotten there. I want it to work. I just haven't gotten there. <laughs> There's a really tender balance of, you know, like, how many creatures do you need to run and what spells mm-hmm. do you need? And, like, yeah, I, I don't want to run it like a collected company deck, right? Um, another thing that I've really, really been liking, believe it or not, I got it as an idea from um, one of the Frontier Trials, is Jeskai Humans. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, it's just been awesome. Like, uh, I, I really like having Monastery Swift Spear and Thalia's Lieutenant in the same deck. And, you know, I, I'm like kind of this hipster about Monastery Swift Spear. Like, I think that a lot of people have a bit too narrow of a view on what it can do because of how it interacts with prowess. But yeah, I think you can usually... agree that... Sorry, so, so my thought process there would be that if you're running Thalia's Lieutenant, you want a lot of creatures, but if you're running Swift Spear, you want a lot of spells. Right, but they still interact entirely with each other. It's a hasty one-drop, and it's the best one-drop in red in our format by a mile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's there's not a single, like, one red, or, or yeah, single red haste creature that that dances with it the same way dances the same way as it you know like Bomat Courier is probably the the runner up and and Bomat trades with a goblin token or yeah exactly and it can't swing for two like or three or four like Swift sometimes can Mm -hmm. right so you have to look at this deck in terms of like how many ceilings does it have and like when this is a creature that's getting counters from 
Thalia's lieutenant, and also getting boosts from prowess, that stacks up pretty handsomely. So I've been digging it, and of course I always kind of want a deck to run Mantis Rider in, so I've been digging that. Um, so that actually, that Jeskai deck that was in the top four we talked about, that was a humans deck? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, maybe. Cool. Let me, uh, I, yes, I, 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 I've flip. got it pulled up here, yes, yes it was. Yeah. Okay, so, so other than that in red, yeah, they're, they're pulling up some of the ones I would thought. Um, the big one is Mantis Rider happens to be a human. People think of the Mantis on the art, but it, it is a human monk. It's the rider is the person on the Mantis, not the actual Mantis. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Honored Crop Captain is the other cool one. That's the 3-2 for red and white that when it attacks, other attacking creatures get plus one, plus zero. Right, right. And then you get the options in your sideboard to run like... Uh, it's probably particularly great in the Japanese metagame where four color control is really popular, um, mm-hmm. but you get to run Harsh Mentor, which is oh, awesome. Cool. Um, and that's a human. And then, I mean, it's it's really cool to just be able to bring in Gideon Alley of Zendikar out of the sideboard. <laughs> um, that can't hurt, yeah. No, yeah, he's, he's just the best planeswalker in the format, so, yeah. Um, but that's really what I've been digging, kind of like these white aggressive decks. Okay. Um, now, if I was playing in the God of Frontier trial, hmm. guys, I really want to. I, I want to rein this one in. Okay. Bring White Weenie to the God of Frontier <laughs> trial. Like you. Now that they're playing slower, you will mop the floor. Like yeah, exactly. They're playing slower, which means you can you can like kick their teeth in with your you know your army of one twos and two ones. So yeah. I think it would be really good. Particularly, I recommend blue-white humans. I think it's awesome because you can bring in the gates from the sideboard mm-hmm. if they have a few too many board wipes. But yeah, I mean, you've played women's as much as I have, and I, I think it's a super strong deck and definitely, um, you know, it, it's got a strong foothold in tier one. So Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. And that's another one where I'm kind of thinking... You know, I don't want to make that the conversation for this topic, but there's some things I'm looking forward to in Dominaria already been spoiled that I'm like, ooh, white weenies. Oh, I dude, think white absolutely. weenies. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think white weenies going to be a thing in standard with what's been leaked out of Dominaria that we'll talk about on a future episode. We can kind of talk mm-hmm. a little bit about it. Yeah, I mean, there's that 3-3 um, three, three for 3 that pumps the team. There's that one, um, and it just generically pumps the team and is a creature. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's cool. We haven't had like a true generic anthem creature in a while. Um, and then another one that White Weenie really wants um, that it's kind of been looking for for a while, honestly. Like if you look at the removal suite in the main board of like the last few um, well-performing White Weenie lists, it kind of makes sense that it wants this. But hmm. Seal Away is a really, really good card. I, I don't think that's a card for White Weenies, though. When are you ever attacking into White Weenies and the White Weenies deck is going to win that game? Or are you just thinking, hey, I might run Thalia and then they're going to come and tapped and I'll seal it away? Um, well, so oftentimes the creatures that are attacking into White Weenie are trying to force trades, right? Hmm. Like, so here's a big old trampler. Give me a two for one, right? And you'll be like, nah, your Siege Rhino is, uh, he's, he's sleepy. He's, he's <laughs> hiding. So, um, yeah, but no, like it, it does. A, so you think that the condition of, by the way, guys, seal is a one white, uh, flash enchantment that says exile target tapped creature. It's a one, one and a white. Yes. I said one white. 
Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Get what you're, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's one in a white. And um, so, like, most of the successful white weenie decks have had, like, four removal spells. But mm-hmm. they've been kind of dispersed to, like, not punish themselves so much on the conditions. So, like, for example, like, if you were to commit to four stasis snares, Oof. like, you might draw all four of those and be stuck on two lands for a really long time and never be able to play. Like, yeah, I think my latest version of white up uh, the white humans. I had like, I just had the whole, uh, what's the, uh, the combo platter, you know, the I combo had, platter. Yeah. So you get <laughs> I had like, like a one stasis snare, stone, one deck in stone, one valorous um, stance. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you get like one of each and yeah. like, <laughs> I think that the, if there is, like, a spell to come into White Weenie um, as a four of that you can confidently say, hmm. like, yeah, this is a removal spell that I'm willing to commit to a play set of, I think it's Seal Away. So. I'm not sold. I'm, I'm afraid of them just dropping something like a Kalidus and just, nope, can't ever do anything about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I get it. All right, so as far as what I might bring, I don't know if I want to spool the pooch here, but... Uh... I've kind of the deck it's actually I'm running now in the latest Cockatrice League is this black white control deck that I've been working on with uh, NASCAR. Cool. He's been he's been talking about that for a while. I think Matt McTavish uh, was talking about it for a bit as well. Yeah. So kind of um, I don't have the blue of a control deck, but it lets me get all the nice things about the Esper white the, the all the nice white things about an Esper Esper control deck. But still be able to run Grasp of Darkness, still be able to run some of the utility lands, like a full playset of Field of Ruin. So it's just removal, 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 the White Planeswalkers, and it's hard to beat that. Liliana. Shambling Vent. (laughs) Yeah, Shambling Vent, Liliana, Gideon's, whole lot of removal. What do you do for card advantage? So, got a handful of things. Um, Let me pull up my list, actually, so I can kind of show what I'm looking at. Um, for one, I mean, the Planeswalker themselves tend to generate some kind of advantage, but even beyond right, that... Right, they generate virtual card advantage, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, um, Arch of is a nice thing that's just been added. That's the land yeah, that... I like that card a lot. ...five-tap draw card, so that's not really something I could run if I were Esper, but because it's just black-white, you can find room for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, um, I'm running Thematic Compass, which is virtual card advantage. There's Profane yeah. Procession, which I actually have one main deck in. And that that's a really cool. card advantage. So kind of a I know you've really on. been a big fan of that <laughs> card. You were running it in your sidebar in your Abzan list in the yeah, last season of the So what I was mostly looking at and what we were really looking at in testing this is all of these kind of mid rangey decks we've been seeing a bit of. So there was a big contingency of Abzan, there was all these black Eldrazi decks, and these just go a big step above those while still having good game against things like Atarka, things like Blueback Control, which we know are gonna show up. In some number, it has good game against blueback control. Yeah, I think it's a. Uh, it does have a lot of game against blueback control. The, um, the field of ruins go a long way. And then we just have so much exile removal that it's very easy to get rid of their threats, especially game one. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So I guess the the idea is to attrition them out until, you know, they're kind of at parity with you and mm-hmm. play a scarab god out of desperation. Yeah, or we can remove it from their hand. Yeah, the counter spells. It it really comes down to threat density. Is that especially after game one, we're going to have so much more threat density, and we both have similar amounts of removal. So that that puts you on the better side of that matchup a little bit. 
Yeah, and I suppose they don't have any way to deal with your enchantments. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Your enchantments, like your... session is going to be really good. They only have so many answers for Gideons, and we've got more Gideons and Lilianas than they have answers. Yeah, I like it. I'm into it. Um, blue, sorry, not blue. Uh, Black-white control is really popular in uh, Shadows of Renistrad standard, if yes. memory serves me right. So, mm-hmm. I think they yeah, were running it, the... Uh, Oh, what is that five mana card that searches for a card and gives you a re- dark petition into languish? I remember it was a big thing. Yeah, um, and it actually won the Pro Tour. Yeah. Um, oh, did so, it? Uh, yeah. I don't recall exactly, but yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it was Owen Turtenwald, and I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, Owen Turtenwald brought Turbo Emrakul to finals, and hmm. uh, yeah, so uh, Black White Control beat that. So. Yeah, that's probably what I'm looking at. Otherwise, I'd probably be looking at something with... Uh, I think for this untap, the Dominaria stuff is legal, so we probably need to talk next week about some of the Dominaria cards we're really getting excited about. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Either I that think... or in two weeks, I think we'll have the full spoiler and we can have our favorite little episode. That might be three most weeks. Most definitely. Time. Have you taken a look at how much of your deck is actually legendary? <laughs> of which deck? Of your black-white control deck. Um, Because I'm thinking Planeswalkers. I'm mm-hmm. thinking Profane Profe- Procession is a legend. Uh, Herborg, like, maybe. Herborg's <laughs> a legend. Uh, I've got so, a Linfala in there. Yeah, so you might be able to run Urza's Ruinous Blast. Hmm. Which could be really cool. <laughs> like, Board Exile is awesome. Classically. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, it is. Um, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for Dominaria. I'm particularly so excited for the white cards in Dominaria. Mm. Like, it, it's just, like, white is already a pretty deep color in our format, and it's just adding that much more depth to white as a color. So Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm personally hoping we'll get some of the same for, like, black, but. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. We haven't seen the... Uh, so there's kind of a cycle we've seen where there's like a green, 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 up white, 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 all for three mana. Then so far they've all been pretty good. We haven't seen the black one yet, so I'm like scared. I'm scared that the same thing's going to happen with the uh, that vampire cycle from Rivals of Ixalan. Uh, remind me. Uh, so, so they had the uh, the cycle of... They had Silvergill Adapt, and then they kind of made a cycle out of that. So there was a 2-2 two, two for one in Pirates... Yeah. There was this, uh, there was, um, there was Thunderherd migration and yeah. dinos. Yeah. And then one. we're like, oh man, what's the zombie or the vampire going to be? And then it was really, really disappointing. It was like a two, three flyer with lifelink, right? It was like or a two, like two. It was, I think it was like a two, two death touch flyer or something like that for three mana. Like it, it was not great. <laughs> yeah. I remember that coming up in my pre-release, but yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah. I, I can relate to that for sure. Um, yeah, I, I I hope that, man, I just really want Dominaria to knock it out of the park. That's like where I'm at. Um, <laughs> I'm course, actually yeah. kind of, I, I'm excited by cards that a lot of people aren't excited by yet. Like, hmm. um, there is, I know I bring up Commander every now and then on this format, but there's a really serious shortage of... Um, Boros commanders that don't require you to engage in combat. 
at right. the moment. I, I've played a couple of those, so yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, and it, like it comes up a lot of the time in like community discussions in Commander. Is just like, dude, what's going on with Boros? Because like it's this isn't like a combat heavy format, and like we need something too. And like a lot of sets are being printed for like Commander. Like it's it's one of the three biggest formats in all of Magic, and mm-hmm. still like we're sitting here with this problem with Boros, and then. Uh, Fire Song and Sunspeaker comes out, and it's just like, all right, cool, finally, like a Boros commander that doesn't require you to swing with it. Like that's right. awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so speaking of commander, do you want to talk real quick about Brawl? I do. I actually was hoping we could talk about Brawl, so I'm glad you're. Yeah, so it's it definitely up. not necessarily frontier related, but this is related to Magic Wizards looking at a new format, kind of for people that want to be able to look at some of the synergies that they've been making in the recent standard sets. You know, it's kind of the idea yeah. of Frontier is that they've been making all these cool synergies and they're not tier one, so they're never going to see any play whatsoever. Right. Like, they're not powerful as four ofs, and they're also not powerful in the eternal scheme of magic where, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, this really cool green spell isn't, you know, um, Genesis wave. So <laughs> it's not going to yeah. take that slot in a commander deck, you know? Oh, man, there was a day where I thought that uh, I'll come back to it. Yeah, you go on. I'm going to look up a card real quick because I don't remember its name. Okay, so um, just to fill in for what Finkel is looking up right now, basically the rules of Brawler is such, right? So you get a 60-card deck, including your commander. So you get a 59-card main board. No sideboard because this is a multiplayer format. Standard Mm -hmm. is going to be four players, and you're only allowed to play with standard legal cards, and it's singleton for everything but uh, non-basic lands. So you can have one of any card, um, excluding basic lands. um, And yeah, it's it's pretty cool so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when you were talking about like, oh, it's just not Genesis Wave, I thought of uh, Uncage the Menagerie. And there was like a day where I thought that card put them into play, and I was just like, holy crap, why has no one realized no, this card is broken? Hand, silly, really. <laughs> I was like, Get oh my god, this here. card is so broken, why is no one playing this? This is the best. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Back in the day, see, green could do some really cool stuff. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I, I'm really excited about it. What's your take on it so far? I think it, I haven't played around with it much. I think that it, it could be all right. It could be pretty weak. Uh, we'll see how quickly solved it is. We'll see how extra competitive it is and uh, whether or not people like it. But it's something I wish they would, you know, push it back a little further, make it a frontier legal brawl would be much cooler. <laughs> well, we could we could. All, I mean, we have a casual format. We can always try running frontier equivalent brawl lists. And yeah, see I think some go. people are actually trying that. There's some discussion in the discord. I think they're still oh, cool. running it with a uh, hundred cards, but still pretty cool. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, so the great thing about commander is it is a casual format. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of variations on it. So like you can, for example, run like a popper commander and that allows you to run any uncommon as your commander. So mm-hmm. like blood, blood bright elf is like a really cool popper commander. And like gilder baron is a really awesome simic uh popper commander so you know like i'm i'm always into variations like that and it encourages you to kind of like um experiment a little bit in your deck building right like you talked about how we like experimentation in the cockatrice league and it gives us an opportunity to like 
try some things that aren't necessarily so cutthroat that we would want to run in untap mm-hmm. so um yeah i uh, i'm into it and i think I, i'm hoping that brawl takes off it might yeah, just be a flash so too. but yeah i'm hoping that it does for sure and it'll probably tie to the online stuff yeah it, it depends on how successful it is on mtgo it depends on how received it is in a lot of the like reporting communities like mm-hmm. goldfish and you know like mtg top eight and stuff like that we'll see we'll see you know all right that kind of brings us to our wrap up we've already discussed current events i don't need to bring those up again this time uh as far as our upcoming cast sounds like we're trying to talk about some dominaria things but maybe we'll wait till the actual sets out we could see about there. Uh, other than that, make sure to contact us. If there's anything you want to hear about, anything that you'd like to see, we're at MTG Frontier, MTG underscore Frontier on Instagram, reddit.com slash r slash MTG Final Frontier. And of course, our website, if you didn't hear last week, is, mad- oh, shoot, what is it? It's MTGFrontier.net. So make sure you MTG go out. MTGFrontier.net. Yeah, make sure you check it out. That's a really great place. We're getting some good articles out on there. Really cool content. We've got some awesome like visuals and like metagame analyses mm-hmm. that, yeah, I, I love our graphs and stuff like that. I think and they're pretty All hot, of our back so. casts are up on there. So if you've missed any episodes, if you want to go back and hear some of our early stuff, great place to do that. And we're also almost completely uploaded on iTunes and related apps like Stitcher. Ooh, so. awesome. So go check us out on iTunes, guys. Yeah, uh, you can you can watch at least through the last time I checked. It was like episode 12 on iTunes. So that's pretty cool. All right. uh, Anything else you want to say tonight? Um, Guys, you can reach me on Twitter. I am at uh, I'm at Sky Burial on Twitter. And we'd love we're actually really looking for fresh ideas for our podcast right now. I know we mentioned it at the end of every episode, but seriously, seriously, seriously talk to us about um what you would like to hear on our podcast because yeah um it's not to say that our well is running dry or anything like that like we're both pretty creative and can, mm-hmm. can talk about frontier for long long periods of time um but we want to keep it interesting and we want to talk about what you guys want to hear about so please reach out to us on our yeah like we've got our colors and on our discord and yeah we got like our color series still going on but if, if people would like that yeah tell us so we know to keep doing them otherwise we'll uh if you have things you'd rather hear We'd love to do those, too. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, uh, yeah, like, I know I know, Finkel mentioned it just a second ago, but we are reigniting our presence on YouTube, and mm-hmm. that's going to feature um, Magic the Gathering online. So we'll, uh, we'll recommend that you keep an eye out for that because there is content incoming. We had to take a lot of time to relocate producers and things like that and, you know, get accounts and get collections going. And it's, it's a lot to consider. So, um, yeah, thanks for being patient with us while we get back on our feet with that. We want to hear from you. You want to, we want you guys to keep supporting us and uh, we look forward to being your go-to source for frontier information online, your final frontier. We're signing off. Mm -hmm.